Hey, I'd like to welcome you to another episode of Money Matters Top Tips for Success, where I bring on business owners, entrepreneurs, and executives and have them share their top tips for success with you. My name is Adam Torres. You can follow me on Instagram at Ask Adam Torres to keep up with my book releases, book tour schedule, signings, all that other good stuff. Um, always love to connect with you there. And as always, if you'd like to apply to become a co-author of one of my upcoming books, just head on over to the website, moneymatterstoptips.com, and click on Become an Author to Apply. All right, so today I have Peter Gaska on the line. He's a management consultant for entrepreneurs over at Peter Paul Advisors. Uh, Peter, welcome to the show. Great to be here, Adam. Thanks for having me. So I'm excited to get more into what you're doing over at Peter Paul Advisors. A lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of business owners listen to this podcast, and uh, always interesting to get different perspectives. Uh, but before we do that, let's get a little bit further into your background. So how did you get started in business and as an entrepreneur? The funny thing is I, I don't think I follow the typical path of entrepreneurs because growing up for most of my life, I didn't want to be an entrepreneur. I think I, I, I went to school. I graduated from undergraduate uh, with an undergraduate degree to go into engineering. And so I had always anticipated working in a business, working my way up the corporate ladder and, and had some mild success doing so. Uh, and it wasn't really until I got into my um, MBA that uh, I actually had an opportunity to hear Warren Buffett speak in person. And up until that point, the reason I went back to get my MBA was to get experience uh, because I didn't have any experience in finance. So I studied finance. I wanted to get into finance and eventually again, maybe eventually work my way into a CEO position. And Warren Buffett um, came and spoke to our group at our MBA class, and, and, and he gave a piece of advice that has always stuck with me. And basically what he said um, and he's a really super nice guy, way more approachable than I ever thought. And, and he basically said, um, he gave an example of a, of a gentleman who worked for him long ago, came up to him and said, listen, I want to do what you do. And I'm very curious about what do I need to do? What work do I need to get? What experience do I need to have in order to get to where you are? And his advice to him was basically, you know, if you want to do what I do, or if you want to start a business or run a business or get anywhere in, in, in life, you know, the, the key to doing something or the, the key to getting there is just doing it. And he equated it to basically having sex. And he said, listen, you can read all you want about having sex. You can practice. You can talk to your friends about it, consult about it, but you're really not going to get good at it until you've done it a couple of times. And guess what? You're probably going to fail the first few times, but it's going to be really fun trying. And it was in that it was in that class where I was kind of awestruck with this idea of maybe really what I've always wanted to do is like instead of trying to work my way up the corporate ladder, why don't I just go try and start a business? Um, and I, I I detoured for a few years overseas doing some consulting, but I met a gentleman overseas who talked me into coming back to the U.S. and starting a business. And from there, I moved to Colombia. I lived on his couch as most entrepreneurs do, living the poor life. And started a company, my first company in 2007, uh, had a, a, you know, a good amount of success, of course, going through the Great uh, Recession at the same time, um, but had a great a lot, a lot of success, you know, in that process of that one great company. I also started four or five other companies that failed, so, you know, those are just equally as important. But, you know, in the long run, those short four or five years of entrepreneurial experience were far more educational and beneficial than all of the education and all of the practice that I had leading up into that point. 
I love it. Um, great story, and uh, I always love to get a, an, an Uncle Warren uh, story in there. That's awesome. <laughs> uh, lo- lo- love that you got to have that experience, and now uh, you know his legacy and what he's doing just continues to spread. So great stuff. Um, so I, there's a lot of uh, younger entrepreneurs, and obviously you've been, you know, you've been through a lot, and you know, the ups, downs, sideways, all everything in between in your entrepreneurial journey, as all of us have that have been doing this for any extended amount of time. Um, that being said, uh, there's some younger entrepreneurs that are maybe in their first business, second business. Can you talk specifically on what you learned through some of the failures of some of those early businesses and kind of some things that you would keep in mind um, going back around the way if you were to, you know, if you could go back and have that conversation with yourself when you were going through it? So I think the the thing, and I don't, I didn't learn this from anybody. I think I mm-hmm. just Maybe I learned it from my parents, but, you know, the thing that I learned, there's two things that I learned from the failures that were really profound to me. The first is, you know, you have to, you have to communicate what's going on in your business. Um, I remember vendors or clients of mine who would tell me that the check was in the mail, would never send the check, and, you know, I'd have to follow up with them a week later and hear the same excuse. You know, all the vendors that we ever had, I never lied to. I was always honest and sometimes brutally honest. You know, if they called and I was late for a payment and I'd say, I, I just, I can't send it to you. You know, I'll call you next week and give you an update. And it was those relationships that even through the failures, um, you know, when I called them back later to, because I needed them as a vendor for a future business um, and I had lost, you know, five, $10,000, you know, in a, in, a, in a business that failed because they invested with me or they invested by providing materials. You know, they consistently backed me and they consistently helped me out because they knew I'd be honest. They knew I was trying my hardest. Um, and I think it was that communication and being honest will always, you know, help you because because the truth is, and this leads me to number two, the number two thing I learned is that nobody wants you to fail. So as scared as entrepreneurs are to fail and as scared as entrepreneurs are to let somebody down, the truth is nobody wants you to fail. And if you just communicate with them and talk to them, uh, you know, everybody wants to work it out, right? It's in nobody's best interest for you to fail. So if you talk to people and you express the problems or the challenges, you know, most of the business that you're dealing with are going through the same problems and challenges. Uh, everybody will figure out a way to work together if it's in everybody's best interest. So it's the honesty. It's the not being afraid to fail. Um, but at the same time, just knowing that it's in nobody's interest that you fail, that you should hold on to. Man, that's some that's some great advice, and I and I I couldn't agree more. Like the whole thought process of of you know nobody wants you to fail. People want you to succeed and to thrive, and they want to do business with you. And if you're upfront and you're honest, then um, you will have, and your your personal brand will grow, and people will know you for good things. Um, that's really interesting, and it's so true. And uh, for the younger you know entrepreneurs out there, the the more experienced, tenured ones that have been doing business like this for ten, twenty years, they get it because they now have the benefit of seeing, you know, connecting the dots going backwards, right, on what's worked and, and kind of being able to trace it to what you just said. But to the younger group that's out there, man, you can't, I mean, Peter is spot on. Um, I think that's a good transition, too. Let's get more into what you're doing over at uh, Peter Paul Advisors as a management consultant for entrepreneurs. Uh, so what kind of things are you helping your clients with and uh, what kind of clients do you take on? When I well, I sold the I, we we exited the last business I was in uh, roughly about five years ago and after I exited uh, I I actually was raising two small children at the time which you know for your family listeners your your family entrepreneurs your mom and dad entrepreneurs they understand like it's really really tough 
And I, I made a, a conscious decision to kind of step out of entrepreneurship and and focus on spending some time with the family, knowing full well I would probably go back into doing it later. Uh, so, you know, I, I got a job at a university lecturing in business. I started a, a consulting curriculum at the university where I'm at now, uh, at Postal Carolina University. So I teach students to be consultants. And we do a lot of business consulting to the university. But over the last two or three years, there, you know, there, there, there was this consistent uh, influx of entrepreneurs who, you know, just the same people that you were just talking to that are starting out, they're young, they uh, don't have the experience, they're afraid of failure, they're afraid of letting people down. Uh, and I found myself coaching a lot of, uh, of these young entrepreneurs. Uh, but more than coaching, because, you know, we were, we were setting up systems, we were setting up processes, I was helping them develop minimum viable products, develop traction create pitch decks and I just basically turned it into a, uh, a consulting business and that's why I call myself a, a management consultant for entrepreneurs it's kind of broad but the you know the overwhelming number of people that I work with are start off consultants and so they are start off entrepreneurs or start up entrepreneurs so they come and they they have questions and I spend a lot of my time probably about a quarter of the time that I'm I'm um, consulting, you know, validating a lot of their experiences because that's the great thing about the job that I have and, and coaching other entrepreneurs is sometimes entrepreneurs just want to know that other entrepreneurs have gone through the same problems that they have. And 100% of the time, I've seen their problems and I've gone through their problems. And look, I survived and I came through and I still have all my hair mostly. So I, I that's where I spend most of my time. And then the other 50 to 75 percent of my time are actually building systems and usually the way I work is uh, you know I usually do deferred compensation um, sometimes I do invest uh, equity compensation uh, later on or uh, I actually ultimately would love to be hired as a senior advisor or you know some kind of uh, c-level c-suite level individual that can come in put the project together do the turnaround with the company, get it launched, and then step out with the compensation package. So most of the stuff I do is pro bono at the beginning at this point. Um, and then as, I, as I'm developing the business, I am uh, slowly bringing on a few other consultants to help do the, the development of these products and services and tools that entrepreneurs can use. And so I know this is going to change, obviously, from entrepreneur to entrepreneur, business to business. Um, I know that's going to change across. But that being said, I know the more people you work with, the more themes arise. What kind of themes do you find that um, some of the entrepreneurs that you're working with before they start working with you, um, some of the mistakes they're making? Great question. Great question. Uh, I can probably give you the top three. The first thing that most entrepreneurs who come to me or, or you know, everybody comes with an idea and everybody has ideas. Everybody has great ideas, but nobody ever executes on the ideas. And a great idea is useless if it, there's no execution. So the first question I ask and the first problem I often see is an entrepreneur will come to me with a really great idea in his or her mind. And then I ask them, the simple question of like, well, what problem does this solve or what need does this fill? Uh, and if you can articulate a real legitimate problem for the consumers that they you're solving or filling a need that isn't being filled by another company, then you don't have a business. And we, a lot of my consultants stops right there because they can't articulate what they're trying to solve. Uh, and then beyond that, the, the biggest problem that they have is not getting traction, um, not uh, you know, they, they, okay, you've got a great idea, 
and it's a great, it's a big problem that you're solving, got it. How are you going to do it? And more importantly, are your target consumers going to buy this? And the question always comes up, well, how do I even do that? And it's as simple as just going and surveying 50 people with your idea. And if nobody's going to buy it, then you have your answer right there. Um, so we do a lot of that. We do a lot of uh, screening, a lot of vetting. Um, a lot of entrepreneurs get stuck in an idea, you know, I, that idea, um, uh, idea lock where they have this idea and no matter how much we consult and we talk to them um, and we tell them that the need is over here or the problem should be this or you need to do this with your, with your company or your product or your idea, they get locked in this, this idea of this is the way it should be as opposed to pivoting. And then I just point to all the different companies Twitter to Facebook to every almost every company, GE, IBM, you know, every big company at some point in their their lifetime has pivoted because their product or their service is not uh, relevant anymore. And so that is that is a big aha moment for uh, for for entrepreneurs. Um, and there's you know there's a few other it, it, it's a checklist of things that we go through that uh, a lot of customers or a lot of entrepreneurs uh, deal with. But those are the biggest ones. And I tell you. You know, a lot of a lot of the a lot of my consulting, a lot of my advising stops right there because they can't really articulate it at that point. No, that makes a lot of sense. And just thinking about um, you know that idea, of falling in love with your with your idea, is really tough for people. It's like ah, you can't fall in love. It could just because you love it doesn't mean everybody else does, and just because it uh, doesn't mean they're even if other people do love it doesn't mean they're gonna exchange their money to purchase your product. So it's really tough sometimes for someone to hear that and. Uh, and then you know if they if they can in the in the front end and if they see especially through your survey process that you know it's not necessarily viable it might just be too early or it might be time to revisit that idea at a future date but um, love that advice so uh, Peter if somebody's listening to this and if they want more information or to follow up with Peter Paul Advisors what's the best way for them to get that info the the best way to get a hold of me is just to go to my personal website it's uh, Peter Gasca G A S C A dot com and from that website I have links to all my contact information my LinkedIn page and a link to Peter Paul Advisors um, it's easier to remember for most of the people that I deal with and you can get to all my contact information through that website all right that's perfect uh, well hey Peter appreciate you coming on the show today and sharing your background and your tips to success and to the audience as always thank you for uh, tuning in I hope you got a lot of value out of this if you did don't forget to subscribe to the podcast, leave me a review, do all those great things we do to support our podcasters. I really do appreciate it. And uh, Peter, thanks again for coming on.